Before today's interview, I wanted to ask a small favour, really small one, I promise. I got a message from one of my listeners over the weekend letting me know that they had nominated Climbing Consulting for the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards 2018. This award is voted for by podcast listeners like you and goes to the podcast who get the most votes from their listeners before the 12th of May this year. As this listener was kind enough to vote for me and for Climbing Consulting, I decided the least I could do was have a go at this award and see where we can get Climbing Consulting to. And to do this, I need your help. If you've enjoyed any of these podcasts, please could I ask you to take a moment to vote for Climbing Consulting for the Listener's Choice Award at the British Podcast Awards 2018. It's really easy to do, and here's how you do it. Step one, go to your browser, pick your phone up right now or on your desktop if you're at work, and type bit.ly forward slash CIC vote, all in little letters, really important, that bit, and that's bit.ly forward slash CIC vote. That will take you to the Listener's Choice Award nomination form on the British Podcast Award website, and that takes you to step two. On that form where it says search for podcast, type Climbing Consulting, and select that as the podcast you want to vote for. At least, I hope you want to vote for Climbing Consulting. Step three, enter your name, enter your email, and hit vote. That's it. Thanks in advance to those of you who have listened to that and are off to vote straight away. Thanks so much to those of you who have already voted. I really appreciate it. It really means a lot to get your feedback. And thanks a lot for helping with this. Please do let me know if you voted for Climbing Consulting, if you've just enjoyed Climbing Consulting, anything and everything, drop me a message. It's nick at climbingconsulting.com. Welcome to another episode of Climbing Consulting with me, your host, Nick Sinnott. Today's episode is another solo episode following the success of the last one I did on how to become an independent consultant or contractor. I wanted to share a bit more of my perspective, some more of my insights in between the great interviews that I've got lined up and I've got some fantastic guests coming up over the next month or so. So one question that if you've listened to any of my other interviews, you'll know I always ask, is I ask my guests what books or book have they recommended most? What is it that they find themselves either referring back to for their own experience? What is it they find themselves giving to colleagues, to friends, to mentees? In effect, which books have had the biggest impact on their career and their lives? I like to read a lot of books. I think you can get a lot of knowledge and experience from other people's perspectives, from different strategies and different approaches to doing things. And that's why I like to get my guests book recommendations so I can take them and learn from my guests. So I thought I would do an episode where I share mine. I read anywhere from, I guess, 10 to 30 books a year with podcasts and bits on top. Like I've mentioned before, now that Audible exists, it makes things 10 times easier. You can listen to books on your commute. You're not having to carry them around in your bag or in your pocket, get them out on the train. Or if you drive, there's no way you can actually read a book safely. So I wanted to share my top five books that have had the biggest impact on my career and that I find myself recommending most. And these are split into two categories. First one is all about communication and how we communicate with people, a critical skill in consultancy. And then the second one is around productivity. How do you actually do more with less time? How do you fit everything in the day? 
if you're an in-house consultant in a consulting firm, I know from when I was there, that can be a real challenge. You're trying to manage client work alongside internal work, trying to build your reputation internally, build initiatives, help people on proposals, while also doing a full week on a client. And that can be really stretching. Likewise, if you're an independent consultant, you're doing a full day's work with your client while also trying to build your network and your reputation outside so that when you do need your next role, it becomes much easier to find. For both sides, you're trying to fit in more than you really can in one day. And that's what the second half of these books are all about. So I'm going to tell you the books, give you a bit more context about when and where I found them, some of the crib notes, some of the key takeaways so that if you don't really want to go and read the book, you can take them straight away and have apply them in your career. I would say, though, with each of these, I would highly recommend buying them, reading them. I think All Bar One is available on Audible, so you can listen to them. They're all pretty quick reads, so if you've got a holiday coming up, I'd highly recommend investing £50 in these books. I genuinely think it'll change your career, no matter where you are, whether you're just starting out or whether you're further down the track. So, my five books. The first one, and this was actually the first self-improvement or business book that I read, and that was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's about 100 years old now, just coming up to. It's at times seems a bit cheesy because of that and because a lot of the examples are so old, but the core foundation and the core principles are as true today as they were back when Dale Carnegie wrote it. And this book, for me, is the foundation of how to actually, as the title says, win friends and influence people. How do you get on with people? How do you work with them? How do you get them to come around to your point of view? I think as consultants, we are sometimes accused of coming into clients and steamrolling over their people to get a job done. Sometimes that's what senior clients actually want you to do. But even if you are there to push hard, drive something through, it doesn't mean that you have to leave a wreckage of bad impressions and annoyed people behind you. This book will help you avoid that. It'll help you understand how to make the best first impression when you land on a client and also how to understand and deal with challenging stakeholders during a project. Likewise, if you're in a consulting firm, if you're more junior, you probably know and probably look up to the partner or director who everyone likes and who everyone wants to work for. We all know that person. If you're working in a firm right now, I'm sure you're thinking of that person in your head. Likewise, we all know the opposite. We all know the director or partner, and let's face it, if you're in consulting firms, they're usually directors because they don't then make it to partner, who are just not great to work for, who are difficult, who no one wants to be put on a project with, who no one wants to be asked to help with an internal initiative. This book will help you understand how to avoid being the latter and how to become the former. As I said, this was the first book that I really ever read in this field and I turned to it because I was having a challenging time with a specific relationship at work and this really helped me understand that relationship better, turn it round and has stood me in good stead ever since. Just to give you an insight and there are a lot more lessons than I can give you from this book, but to give you just some of them, it sounds obvious, but key things like people will only do things if they want, not if you want. I think, again, as consultants, it's very easy to think that we're the most important people, our project's the most important thing. Understand someone else's wants, needs, how you can help them achieve what they want in their career or with what they're working on, and it will become a lot easier to achieve what you want. Secondly, talk about what interests people. I think very often we can get too caught up in ourselves. The old adage that we have two ears and one mouth and should listen and talk in that ratio is something that a lot of people forget. And this book just really drives that point home. People will like you and want to work with you, and we come on to that later, if 
they feel you're interested in them and you're not just there to get what you want from them. And that's the other point. Make them feel important. A key thing for Dale Carnegie, if you can show you're interested in people, make them feel important, they're much more likely to, to help you. It's also got more tactical tips, like actually think about the other person and who you're writing for or who you're doing a presentation for. We've all seen those presentations, those emails, those messages on a client or company intranet where you look at them and think, this person doesn't care about me. This person really hasn't thought about my feelings. If you do think about people's feelings when you're writing or when you're communicating in a, in a business sense, same in a personal sense, but in a business sense, you will put yourself so far above everyone else that you may be working with, and it will really stand you in good stead going forward. The last one, and this is something that one of my future guests used to do phenomenally well, is actually just remember people's names. It's funny, in this day and age where we've all got Facebook and LinkedIn and you see everyone's names all the time, how little we actually remember them and use them in conversation. And it almost sounds so basic that people think, I won't even bother with that, I can just call them mate or buddy. And we've all done it. We all know that time when you've just completely forgot someone's name and you've been working with them for six months. Focus on remembering people's names, using their names, and people will always respond well to that. So that's, as I say, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Fantastic book. If you've not ever read a book in this field, go and pick that up first. It, it for me, was the foundation of every other book I've read and really helped me in my consulting career. The second one, again, on communication, a slightly different one is actually Robert Cialdini, Influence. Now, this book is all about sales, but why I think it's very interesting is it's written from the perspective of someone not who's a salesman, but actually someone who doesn't like being sold to. So Robert Cialdini is a psychologist, and the whole book is about the psychological underpinnings of selling. So why do certain selling tactics work? How do they work? How can you use them if you want? Or how can you be aware of them if not? Now, if you listen to last week's episode with Stephen Newton, both he and I fully agree that consulting is fundamentally, there is a sales component to it. You can deliver and deliver and deliver, but ultimately you have to sell. And there's nothing bad about selling. Selling is about fulfilling your client's needs, and if done in the right way, can be very beneficial to your client. This book helps you understand some of the key elements at a principles level for selling that you can then think about and use in your own career. And this applies both to whether you're selling to a client, whether you're trying to sell yourself for a promotion, let's say internally, whether you're trying to sell your idea to other colleagues to help them work on it, whether you're an independent and you're trying to pitch a new service offering. All of those different things you want to sell can be rooted in the fundamental principles of this book. So some of the different tools that Robert Cialdini talks about and gives research and academic psychological papers to really prove and, and evidence are things like reciprocity. So actually that people are more likely to do something for you if you've done something for them. It sounds simple and Actually, if it's done too overtly, it can have the opposite effect, but people are more likely to help you if you've helped them. Really simple way, to simple thing you can apply in your career. If you've helped a client or you've helped a colleague, they're more likely to help you in the future. Secondly, the importance of social proof. People are more likely to buy something or do something if they see someone else has done it. This is why we have likes on Facebook, we have comments. We've all seen those ads where they've got hundreds of likes. 
you're more likely to click on something because it's liked by 100 people or liked by 10 of your best friends than you are if no one's clicked on it, no one's liked it, because it doesn't have any social proof. This is something that's very easy to take and apply in your own career. If you're putting together a proposal or a proposition, you include that social proof. You include previous experience with other clients. You include quotes from people who you've worked with before showing how successful what you've done has been for them. You, in effect, take the risk out of hiring you for your client. The same if you're on the independent side. You build this up through your LinkedIn. You have people reference you. You have people provide positive feedback that you can share with new clients so that they know that what they're buying has been tested before, has been verified before, and they're getting a finished product. The other areas that it, it really highlights, and just again, some things you can apply in your own career, is people do buy authority. If people are more likely to buy the world's leading expert on something than they are someone who's just started. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to have spent 10,000 hours to get to mastery. What it does mean, though, is you need to think about how you position your knowledge, be that your firm's or your own knowledge and experience, to demonstrate authority. What can you do to show you have authority in a certain field? Can you write articles? Can you put up blogs? Can you host panel discussions? How can you put yourself somewhere in the middle of a conversation to help demonstrate authority. Likewise, do you have qualifications that can show that for something I, it might be, let's say, lean? Could you go and get a black belt qualification to prove that you have that authority because you have the qualification? All of these are ways that will help you sell to your clients, sell internally, and just sell your skills, say even if you want to go look for a new job, to the person you're working with. The final one, and again, these are all discussed in much more detail in Influence the Book, and this comes back to what we're talking about, about Dale Carnegie, is likability. People want to work with people they like, and many people do put all of the checks and balances in place that you like. There can be all of the impartial interviews, there can be all of the second pairs of eyes checks, but ultimately, if somebody likes you, they are more likely to work with you or want you to work for them or with them. It's not a guarantee, and you need to be careful that this doesn't become a nepotistic thing where people, as we've all seen happen, people only pick their favourites. But you are more likely to work again with a client if the client liked you. And like might be that they like the work you do, it might be they like you as a person. But all of this comes back to if you get on with them, if you do a good job, they're probably going to like you. And therefore, selling that next piece of work or getting a recommendation from them for your next client is going to be much easier. Like I say, I think this book goes very well with how to win friends and influence people. I think both together give you a, a nicely rounded view of the core communication skills you need as a consultant. Now, the last one in this category around communication skills, and I should have said at the start, really, mindset as well, is Tony Robbins' Unlimited Power. Now, Tony Robbins, I think, has become much more mainstream over the last two to three years with social media. I know he is very polarizing. Some people love his work, his content, his approach. Some people think it's all hocus pocus and just lots of clapping and lots of fist pumping and that positivity is really all he sells. I would say that I fit in the the first camp. I really think what he's written is really a fantastic way of thinking about both communication and mindset. And Unlimited Power, which is his first book, condenses all of this into a really easy to understand way. It, it's a great book on the importance of mindset and communication. And I think the two key quotes to take from it and to give you a good introduction to it are, firstly, how you feel is not the result of what is happening in your life. It is your interpretation of what's happening. And 
Secondly, the way we communicate with others and the way we communicate with ourselves ultimately determines the quality of our lives. Both of these quotes for me come back to that key point around you're in control of your life and a large number of the challenges that we all face are about how we perceive things. It's not necessarily about somebody doing something to you or making you do something. It's about how you are responding to that. And these, again, are are really key things to think about when you're going into a client and you have to understand people very quickly and get up to speed. It can sometimes be very challenging and we can sometimes make certain assumptions about clients' views on us, their views on the project, what they want out of it. And this book really helps you to dissect those, understand why they might be saying what they are, how you may actually be coming across to them as well, and just helps you be a lot more mindful and cognizant of actually your approach and how you are working with other people. Something that the vast majority of my guests have said separates the best consultants from the average in their firms has been that emotional intelligence, being able to read a room, being able to understand body language, being able to understand different meanings of what people are saying, understanding whether actually, yes, they do really like the project and and support it, or whether they're just saying that and actually have other feelings or concerns that they're, they're keeping to themselves. This book really helps you develop that emotional intelligence. It helps you understand the different methods of communication, the different elements, things like verbal and nonverbal communication, introduces you to neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, which is a school of thought all around the importance of communication, and will just really help you think about how you are coming across in your work, how you are thinking about yourself and your career, and how that's affecting what you're doing. Because we've all been on those projects where you feel a bit tired, you don't really like the project, you don't really like the client, and you do a rubbish job. And we've all been on those projects where you love the client, you love the people, you love the project, and you do a fantastic job. This book helps you understand how you can shift your thinking so you always think it's a great project, you always do your best work, and that can only benefit you in your career. So those, for me, are the top three books on communication and mindset. I'll be including links to all of these in the show notes as well. So if you've missed the titles or half scribbled them down, they'll be in the show notes. But just as a quick refresher, we've got Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. We've got Robert Cialdini, Influence. And then we've got Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power. The next two books are all about productivity. I think saying just about productivity is probably very unfair to them. I think there is much about mindset as productivity, but I've included these as productivity and in inverted commas because it is much more about how you can do more with less as opposed to how you can communicate with other people. So the first one, and it's worth saying these books are actually in no particular order other than the two categories I gave you, is Tim Ferriss' The 4-Hour Workweek. Now this is actually, if somebody asked me what book have you recommended most to people, this book would be it. I recommend this book probably once or twice a month to people, be that people who are looking to move out into independent consulting, be it people who are looking to move firm, be it people who are looking to start their own venture in something completely different. This book, for me, was a real game changer. It helped me fundamentally decide what I wanted to do in terms of my consulting career, in terms of my business career. It led me to launch my business, which I've talked about before, which was an online estate agency business that this book gave me the confidence to actually try. Sadly, it didn't work out, but 
without this book, I wouldn't have even got there. And that's something that I hear a lot of people say, and I've talked to Stephen Newton and other guests about, we all come up with excuses. There's always a reason we can't do something or shouldn't do something, or it's not quite right yet. This book will help you think about that in a whole different way, help you look at the risks and the potential upside of that, and help you decide if really there are any major downsides to doing something. The the fundamental start of this book and the premise is, what is the worst that will happen? And When you actually sit down and look at what is the worst that will happen, very often it's not that bad. That mindset point is then coupled with a huge amount of productivity tips, tricks, strategies to help you really improve the way you work. It's a book that's 10 years old, and in this day and age with technology, that feels like a lifetime. But actually, the the strategies and techniques are as relevant today as they ever have been. Just to give you simple little ones for those of you who, who say work in a consulting career at the moment, email is something that we all say we get too much of, we spend too much time answering. One simple trick from this book, set it so you only get emails two times a day and then batch your emails. So instead of being interrupted every 10 minutes by an email and then taking five hours to write a report that should have taken you one, you can get your report written, do something else, and then answer your emails. It also helps you understand that a lot of things like email don't matter. And actually, you are in control of your schedule, your diary, how you respond to people. And very often, you are going back to people as quickly as they come to you. You are you are answering emails at the top of your inbox because you feel that that's what should be done and you're nervous about people getting upset if you don't. And actually the case is very often these emails aren't important. They're not your most urgent or important thing to do if you use that grid for prioritizing. They're just there. And this book talks a lot about how to focus on the most important things, how to optimize what you do, and how to use other tools and techniques and technologies to help make things faster. Simple little things, for example, like using an email delay, so your emails only go out at a certain time. Or if, say, you're an independent consultant, or if you're in-house and you need a bit of research doing, actually using offshore VAs, so virtual assistants, to do some of the data crunching. So instead of having to get analysts to do something and using up very expensive onshore resource, you could get a VA in the Philippines, in India, in Thailand, to do this for 5 to $6 US an hour. And this book talks all about how you can use these tools to, in effect, create more time. And the title of the book, I know, puts a lot of people off because they look at it and think the four-hour work week, gosh, that's that must be one of these scammy get-rich-quick books where everyone goes off and sits on a beach and drinks margaritas and that's all they do. And the book doesn't help itself. The cover is a beach and it is someone sitting there on a hammock with margaritas. And the author, Tim Ferriss, has joked a lot about this in his podcast, which is another thing I'd highly recommend. But the fundamental principles of the book are how do you maximize your productivity to do more with your time? And that might be to spend more time working on high-priority tasks, on new service offerings, on pitching to new clients. Or it also might be actually just getting out of work early, spending some time with friends, spending some time with family. Another key theme from my guests has actually been that they don't work as hard as you'd think. I, I think back to Adrian Betteridge, managing partner of Beringa, who made the point that he sets date nights with his wife. He, throughout his career, has made sure that at least two nights a week, he's home at six. He sets one day a week at home and actually highlights the importance of role modeling that work-life balance. And a lot of people think about the work-life balance, but also think I must get this extra work done. I must show that I can do more value than the guy next to me so I can get promoted. 
Other guests have talked about the negative effects of that, but I think this book really helps you understand how if you apply your brain to the work you're doing, prioritize it effectively, and utilize some of the tools that Tim talks about in this book, you will have more time. So instead of needing to stay till 7 or 8 p.m. to get that extra slide deck done, you'll only stay till 6, you'll get more work done, and everyone will notice it. And again, just like my guest Stephen Newton said, if you're looking to get promoted, you're looking, or if you're an independent and you're looking to get a higher day rate, show your value. If you can show more value by doing more work in the time you're there, you will put yourself in a better position to get that promotion, to get that increased day rate, to get that next project. So that again, highly recommend. That is my most recommended book out of this list. The two most recommended, just in case you're interested, are this and How to Win Friends and Influence People. But the whole five of these are what I would give to someone if I was answering the question that I asked my guests. Now, the last book, and this is actually the book I read most recently out of this list. I go back to each of these books probably once to twice a year and reread them. I find with this sort of business style book, that's a great way to get a refresher to help you think about what you are doing at that time. And with all of these books, you find that they help you think about the challenges and the decisions you're facing at that point. So you will read each of these books every time. It'll be slightly different. So each year you'll focus on a different piece or you will think about it differently and apply it to something in your own life differently. So the last book is Greg McEwen, Essentialism. Now, this again is a book that focuses very much on, you could call it productivity, but he refers to it more as a life philosophy. So actually looking at your life from the view of what he calls an essentialist and not from the view that the vast majority of the working population have as the non-essentialist. The way he sums this up is the non-essentialist, just to give you a bit more insight, thinks, I have to do it. Everything's important and I need to fit everything into my day. We all know these people. They're the sort of people who like to say how busy they are. They use that as a badge of honor. Oh, I can't do that. I'm on meetings all day. I've got hundreds of emails. I'm so busy. It's the cult of busyness that sadly in corporate life has become very popular. There is a perception that if you are busy, it means you're important and that that somehow then correlates to your value. So you see a lot of people doing it. That, um, Greg McEwen argues, does, will not work for you in the long run, will lead to stress, um, will not help you produce your best work, will not help you get to where you want to in your career. Conversely, he argues essentialists think that they choose. I choose what I want to do. There are only a few things that really matter, and that can be to yourself, to your career, to the company you're working for. And then what are the trade-offs? If I'm doing A, does that mean I can't do B? And if so, am I happy with that trade-off? The book builds through the differences and how you can apply the essentialist thinking in your own career. And I think for consultants, like I said, with the 4-Hour Workweek, where we are very busy, we are time poor, and we often work on multiple different things at the same time, both client projects and other work, be it, like I said, internal proposals or business development, this can be a real challenge. If I was to sum this book up in, in one sentence, I'd say that its core focus is to do less better. So instead of taking on 10 assignments or projects, and we, we all know times when we've done this, we say yes to people because we want to, to carry favor, we want to use it to help us get promoted, we want to be seen as someone who is there to help the firm or the client. So we take on all of those projects. 
And what Greg McEwen says is, instead of taking on the 10 projects that you will then have to spend hours and evenings and weekends doing, and ultimately do a bad job on all of them, focus on the, the one to three most important things. And that can be most important things to you for your own career. Equally, it could be for your client uh, or the project you're working on at the moment. And smash them out of the park. And be completely honest with the people you're working with and working for that ultimately it's their choice. If you are an analyst or a consultant, senior consultant, let's say, and partners are asking you to do multiple projects, let them know that if you take on any more, the quality will suffer. Let them inform them so they can make the decision. This book has a number of case studies and examples of the success that people have had doing that in the corporate world and others, and just really makes you think about how you should approach your work, how you should approach conversations and manage both upwards and downwards to make sure that you are able to do your best work to help both yourself, your career, and your firm or your client. The book has both a corporate view and sort of is applicable in your work life, but is equally applicable in your personal life. There's a lot of case studies, questions and thoughts in there that will, will make you think. Things like, are you doing what you're best at or what you enjoy? Or are you just doing things because you feel you have to or you said you would? And, and that can be both work, but it could be also social occasions. We all know the time we've said, yes, we'll go to a party or a, a dinner. And actually, as it comes up to that, we realise oh, it's the last thing I want to do right now. Actually, the people who are going, I'm not too fussed about seeing or I've just seen last week or... I want to do something else with people I prefer to spend time with, but we go to that dinner anyway, and we've all done it. This book just asks you to think about that and makes you think, am I doing the thing I want with the people I want? Likewise, as I say, it makes you think about who you're spending time with. And these are all things that are very useful from both a business perspective, but also from a life perspective. And that's why, I, while I call this book a productivity book, I, I think it spans a lot, lot broader than that. It's also the only book that I've ever read or in my case listened to twice straight off the bat. It was at the time I listened to it, which was about eight months ago, just answered so many questions for me, put so many things in the right perspective and just made me listen to it straight through. I, again, would highly recommend this book. It's a great one, actually, for people who are a bit more senior. It's great if you're junior, but equally, if you're listening to this and you're very senior in a firm... I think this is a fantastic book for you because you are at the sharp end feeling the pressure of multiple demands, multiple projects, multiple clients, multiple direct reports and demands from the people you're working with, say the partnership or the, the corporate structure you're in. This book really helps look at that, put it into perspective and will help you identify how you can maximise your time focused on the things that are important to deliver value for you and your clients. And ultimately, that's what it all comes down to. So like I said, those are my five books. Those are the five books that if somebody asked me what would be the books you would recommend that I would give to people. There are a whole myriad of other books that I'd highly recommend, but I wanted to keep this short, so I've gone with five. If you are interested in getting my reading list or getting the next top five or top ten books that I would recommend or specific recommendations around certain topics, just drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I'll come back to you with the list. So just to wrap up, those are the five books I'd highly recommend you go out and read. They were Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. They were Robert Cialdini, Influence. They were Tony Robbins, Unlimited Power. They were Tim Ferriss, The 4-Hour Workweek. And they were Greg McEwen, Essentialism. Hope you've enjoyed that and all the best for the rest of your week. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.